Thank you so much for joining us for Market Sense. I'm Heather Hedges with Fidelity. And as usual, we have some big financial headlines to dig into today. So as of last week, continued strong earnings, including some from the top AI companies, helped to drive the S&P to yet another new all-time high. But with all this market enthusiasm also comes, uh, as we heard from the Fed last week, Federal Reserve policymakers have been cautioning again about lowering rates too quickly. So to help us digest some of these headlines and what it all means for investors. We are joined today by, we, uh, which we often are, by Urian Timmer, Fidelity's Director of Global Macro. Also, it was Ben Franklin who said, in this world, nothing is certain except for death and taxes. And yes, it is that time of year again. It is tax time. So we're going to be covering the tax law changes that you need to know about before filing in April, which is right around the corner already. And we're also going to be talking about things that you can do this year to help you save on next year's taxes to hopefully make this this experience a little bit better for you. And Ashley Tran is a Florida-based branch leader who's here today with us to help us sort out some of uh, these commonly asked tax questions that she and her team often get from customers. Thanks you to both of you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Heather. Happy to be here and to dive into the wonderful world of taxes today. <laughs> nice to see you both. Welcome back to the show, Ashley. Thanks, you. Well, we've got we've got to tackle those taxes, like it or not. And before we begin, just a reminder, you can submit your tax questions or other questions to Ashley and Urian. You can leave a comment if you're watching on YouTube or LinkedIn, or if you're watching on the Fidelity website, you can also leave a question on our Market Sense page. You can also take our feedback poll on that Market Sense page on Fidelity.com. And with that, today is Tuesday, February 27th. Urian, let's start with you like we often do. So last week, we saw yet another new all-time high for the S&P. We've been talking about the S&P so much this year, and it seems like the gains just keep rolling in and rolling in. So you've been keeping an eye on earnings season as one clue uh, as to whether these market gains are really justified and, and really sustainable. Really, that's what we want to know, right? So talk about what you're seeing and whether the earnings point to this rally continuing. Yeah, so the market has certainly some good momentum. And as we know from market history, momentum often begets more momentum, which was which is why we look at indicators like the the January barometer, as it's called, that you know, as January goes, the rest of the year goes. Um, and that is true, although it's true for for most months that it just, you know, when the market's trending, it it's trending and that's what it's doing now. We had a very strong finish to the end of last year. And of course, we've picked that right up in the beginning of this year. And as you mentioned, the, the catalyst really here is earnings. Um, we are finishing up on fourth quarter earnings season. I think 450 out of the 500 companies in the S&P 500 have reported. 78% uh, beating estimates by about eight percentage points. Fairly typical, but if we look at what the estimated growth rate of earnings was at the beginning of earnings season versus where it is now at the end, uh, it's a significant pickup. We went from a 1% estimated growth rate to a 8%. Uh, and that's significant because it shows that we are making sequential improvements on the quarterly earnings front, uh, with Q3 of last year being the bottom, uh, and now Q4 be showing a healthy uptick. And the reason this is important, obviously, for the most obvious reason is that over the long term, stock prices uh, follow earnings. Um, and so as earnings go, stock prices tend to follow. But it's important, especially in this case, for two reasons. One is that 
The market bottomed already more than a year ago, October of 2022, and one of the reasons it, it, it started to advance was in anticipation of an earnings recovery. And, you know, on the on the valuation side, the market gained a lot already just in anticipation of something that hadn't happened yet but was expected to happen. And so now that expected thing is happening, and that's, you know, an important piece of the puzzle. And just the other angle of this also, and you mentioned the Fed, is that uh, without earnings, we would be much more focused, not focused, but worried about, okay, well, the Fed's not going to cut rates as quickly as we thought, which is what the Fed is now saying, correctly so. But when you don't have earnings as that buffer, then that change in narrative can really affect the market. But because earnings are now really kicking in, the market can actually say you know, about the Fed, yeah, okay, that's fine, but it's not going to make or break the bullish case. And so earnings are kind of rescuing that. That, that part of the, you know, the, the interest rate part of, of the story. Interesting. Okay. So earnings are a big piece of the puzzle. Another key clue that you've been watching some time, for some time is market breadth. In other words, I'm talking about how strong the whole market is, not just a piece of it. You know, we've noted many, many times here on Market Sense that much of the market's recent gains have been driven by just a handful of large tech companies. But my understanding is it sounds like you are seeing a little bit of a shift now, a broadening of the market. Is that right? Yes. Um, I, I will say, though, that you know the S&P 500, as we know it, uh, is a capitalization-weighted index. And what that means is that bigger companies have a bigger Im influence on the price of the index. And you know the magnificent seven, as they're called, these seven gigantic companies, uh, they're, you know, honing in on a third of the of the index all right so they drive the the price action in a big way so that makes us wonder well how are the other 493 stocks doing and actually the S&P 500 equal weighted index is actually not yet at a new all-time high it's it's like literally a half a percent below it even though it's the S&P 500 it's close uh, but the market has been broadening so it really isn't just those top 7 it's just that they are dominating in terms of the 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 you know the the magnif the, the magnitude of the price but uh, but the market is broadening about 2 thirds to 70% of stocks are above their 50 day moving average which is a technical you know um uh, term and so there is some good breath and I, my sense is that we're you know we're not far away from the S&P 500 equal weighted index to confirm um, what the S&P cap weighted index is doing and the way to think about it is the generals are often leading uh, but the soldiers will follow and and they are following here all right well thank you for explaining that all and, and also explaining you know breaking down some of those terms that we often hear and explaining what some of those terms really mean great job urian um all right so we want to pivot now and talk about taxes today because it is that time of year and you've probably been getting the tax documents in the mail i know i have every time i get it i just kind of put it in a folder and i'm going to think about that a little bit later but it, it is kind of time to start getting your your paperwork together and even if you do have somebody preparing your taxes for you taking that folder from you and doing them for you it is a good idea to know about the changes to tax laws each year because of course it impacts your money and that's what we talk about on this show so Ashley first of all walk us through the changes that we need to know about for tax year 2023 in other words that's what we're filing right now in April tax year 2023 uh, what changes should we be aware of right um, so 
Every year, the IRS announces changes to the tax brackets, and those occur roughly at the same time as the federal government makes changes to Social Security payments. So it is, like you mentioned, extremely important to know where you sit on that scale. So looking at tax year 2023, the one of the biggest changes that we saw was just a slight shift in tax brackets. There are still seven tax rates, but the income ranges for each rate have both widened and shifted higher to account for inflation and rising wages that we've seen. So important to know this because it could push you into a higher tax bracket this year in a phenomenon that you may have heard of. Uh, we, we like to call it tax bracket creep. So here's a look at the seven new taxable income brackets, starting with the lowest tax rate of 10% at the bottom of the scale, all the way up to 37% for the highest earners. And next year, those brackets will increase again. But good news for those of you whose income didn't go up as much is you may be actually able to keep more of your money. Okay, so that's why it's so important to know where you fall on that scale too. All yeah. right, uh, let's talk about standard deductions. What changes do we need to know about with standard deductions? Yeah, and we have a chart that's gonna reflect the new increases for standard deductions as well. Um, we also saw an inflation adjustment in this space. So the standard de deduction for tax year 2023 that we're filing for now, it's increasing now to $13,850 for single filers, $20,800 for single heads of households, and $27,700 for married couples. And like I mentioned earlier, they will increase again for tax year 2024. So when you file next year, married couples filing jointly, for example, will come pretty close to 30000 for a standard deduction next year. And the higher standard deduction in the new tax brackets next year mean it may be better for more people to take the standard deduction rather than itemize. So for most filers, taking the higher standard deduction, it's more practical and of course saves the time and hassle of trying to keep track of receipts. That said, if you have enough tax deductible expenses and want to itemize, the rules haven't changed much for 2023. There are going to be five main categories of itemizable deductions that might reduce your taxable income, and all of these come with their own caps and contribution limits, of course. But if these categories add up more than the standard deduction, you may want to itemize. So generally speaking, you can deduct medical expenses, home mortgage interest, state and local taxes, charitable contributions and theft and casualty losses due to a federally declared disaster. So itemizing may make um, most sense for those high income earners who also have many large expenses to deduct. Okay, so the rules haven't changed much for itemizing. Of course, we never complain when the standard deduction goes up. Uh, let's talk about investment accounts like 401ks and IRAs. What do we need to know about Ashley about changes with those? Yeah, so when it comes to accounts like 401ks and IRAs, I always like to say uh, start early and start small when it comes to savings. So if you are someone who cares about maximizing your retirement savings, and I hope that's all of us, pay attention here because in addition to tax savings, the IRS also made adjustments to contribution limits that impact retirement savings and more. So this is something to start planning this year 
Starting in 2024, employee 401k contribution limits will be maxed at 23,000, and that number goes up to 69,000 for combined employee and employer contributions. And if you're 50 or older, you're eligible for an additional 7,500 in catch-up contributions. And then also, um, let's talk Roth. Roth 401k contribution limits for 2023 and 2024 are the same as the pre-tax limits for traditional 401k plans. And if you're someone who's been thinking about a Roth conversion, meaning converting money in a traditional 401k or IRA to a Roth 401k or IRA, next year might be a good time to do this because with the new tax rates combined with recent fluctuations in stock prices, it may mean that you can convert from a traditional IRA to a Roth and that could be taxed at a potentially lower rate. So a conversion for tax year 2024 might be particularly helpful for people who expect their tax rate to be higher in future years. So something to be mindful there as well. Yes, definitely something to consider because it might be taxed at a lower rate. All right, that's that's really helpful, Ashley. Um, uh, we can't forget about health savings accounts either. Um, just a quick little plug here. We devoted an entire webcast that I hosted that you can watch right now. It's up right now on fidelity.com about the topic of healthcare because, you know, face it, healthcare is a huge chunk of our expenses. And that webcast covers how HSAs in particular can help people save for rising healthcare costs, both now and in retirement as well. Um, so let's talk about how contribution limits and HSA accounts have been adjusted to reflect inflation, Ashley. Yeah, glad you brought up HSAs. This is a good one to look at. So just a, a quick refresher on HSAs. These accounts allow you to put money away tax-free. Uh, the investments have the potential to grow tax-free. And then withdrawals for qualified medical expenses are tax-free. But to be eligible for an HSA, you must also be enrolled in a high-deductible health plan. And just to be clear, by the way, we're talking federal taxes contributions, investment earnings, and distributions may or may not be subject to state taxation. So if you didn't already contribute to an HSA in tax year 2023, you have until April 15th of this year to do so, or April 17th if you're a resident of Massachusetts or Maine, that's the tax deadline in those states this year. And when it comes to contribution limits, so contribution limits in 2024 have increased from 2023, and there are now $4,150 for self-only coverage, $8,300 for family coverage, Coverage, and people 55 and older can also put in $1,000 more in those catch-up contributions, so a nice perk there. So be mindful with HSAs. There are some catch-up contribution rules to be aware of. For example, if both spouses are covered by a family high-deductible health plan and share an HSA, they're eligible for one catch-up contribution of $1,000 if one of them is 55 or older and not enrolled in Medicare. If both are 55 or older and both are not enrolled in Medicare, however, and they each want to make a catch-up contribution, they can do so, but they must do so in separate HSAs, resulting in a $10,300 limit. Okay. I know you've been so great and so kind to walk us through all of these changes, Ashley, but there was one more that I did want to touch on, and that's the child tax credit. You know, we have a lot of parents who watch this show, but we also have a lot of grandparents who watch this show, too. So I did want to talk about it and mention that even grandparents can qualify or may qualify if they claim a grandchild as a dependent. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the the IRS's definition of qualifying child for the credit, it's broad enough to include stepchildren, foster children, siblings, grandchildren, even your nieces and nephews. So the credit is factored in after you've calculated your taxes and can potentially reduce what you owe. So this year, the child tax credit is $2,000 per child under the age of 17 who's under your care, of course. So if you think about it, if you owe $2,000 in federal income tax and qualify for a credit worth $2,000, your tax bill could be wiped out. But to get the maximum $2,000 child tax credit, your 2023 Modified Adjusted Gross Income, or AGI as we hear, can be up to $200,000 if you file individually or $400,000 if you file taxes jointly with your spouse. Otherwise, there are so-called phase-out rates where you aren't getting the full credit. There's also the additional child tax credit, the refundable portion of the child tax credit. The maximum refund is $1,600 per uh, qualifying child. Um, and, and by the way, the House actually just passed a bipartisan tax package that would temporarily expand the child tax credit. It still needs to be passed by the Senate and signed into law, but just know that's something that we're keeping our eyes on as well. Yeah, certainly something that we'll be watching for our customers and for everybody out there. All right, Ashley, thank you. You just covered a lot of information. So I wanted to just mention that we do have a wealth of viewpoints articles on these topics. If you're looking for more information or you want to go over some of the material that Ashley covered today. So you can find those Fidelity Viewpoints topics uh, on the last slide. If you download the slides from today's show, which are on our website, it will give you the list of all of those articles and they're free to access right on our website. It's it's a wealth of information and it's a great free resource. Uh, but all in all, it sounds like the tax changes that uh, Ashley outlined should help hopefully offset some of the pain from continuing inflation and help people to save for retirement. And to make the most of these changes, you might want to consider working with a tax professional. All right, we are almost out of time, but Yuri and I always at the end of the week like to round things out by talking to you and having you bring it home for us and tell us what you're watching as we round out the week of February already, the, the final week of February. Uh, first of all, very impressed by <laughs> Ashley's command of all of those uh, all of those details. That's that's um, uh, very useful information. Um, yeah. So what I'm watching, you know, it's kind of always the same, right? I mean, earnings season is now pretty much in the rearview mirror. We got that boost that I think the market needed to have. So it comes down to you know interest rates, inflation, the Fed, um, you know, the, infl- the inflation progress, uh, which has been pretty good from a year ago, um, uh, seems to be stalling out a bit at about a 3% inflation rate, which is above the Fed's target. So incoming inflation data will be important. Uh, of course, the incoming employment data as well. Uh, with March will come a new payroll jobs report and uh, the degree to which the economy continues to hum along certainly uh, is an important factor. Uh, we're watching the political scene, of course. You know, We're kind of on the cusp of potentially a shutdown. My guess is that the can will get kicked down the road to to March, but that that's an ongoing sort of battle in Washington. And of course, we got Super Tuesday that next week. Although it, it looks like you know the candidates are sort of being being fleshed out um, as we speak. So uh, always uh, so some things to, to be looking at, and of course, looking at the market's internals. Right, the, are those soldiers going to lead? going to follow the generals and when is that equal weighted index going to make a new high and uh, that'll be an important milestone from my perspective as someone who looks at 
at the market's guts uh, more more so than the headline uh, numbers. All right, Urian, and thank you for mentioning Super Tuesday because that's going to be the topic of next week's Market Sense, which just happens to be uh, happening on Super Tuesday. So stay tuned for that episode. But uh, Urian and Ashley, thank you so much. I have to agree with Urian and Ashley. Just fantastic job. You you had a lot of ground to cover, and what you gave us was chock full of information that I know everybody out there really could use. So uh, this is the time of the show when we ask you to get your camera phones out because Fidelity has a variety of resources available to you as you start preparing your taxes, including links to forms and even discounts with tax preparers. So you just want to pull out that camera phone and hit that QR code right there on your screen. And that's going to take you to a page on our website where all of that information is in one place. Or you can go to fidelity.com slash tax information slash overview. Uh, and one reason, by the way, that I'm reading out that URL is some of you might not be watching us. Some of you might be listening to us. We are a podcast as well. So just a reminder, here's all the places that you can catch us up on your screen, Spotify, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, where you get your, your iPhone, pod, Apple Podcasts as well, uh, Apple rather. So uh, you can watch the replay by going to youtube.com slash Fidelity on YouTube. You can also search Market Sense on Fidelity.com to see the replay as well or search for Market Sense, as I said, where you get your podcasts. Finally, for any questions about making a financial plan or staying on track, Fidelity can help. You can call us, you can go online to our website, or you can download Fidelity's app to learn more. On behalf of Urian Timmer and Ashley Tran, I'm Heather Hedges. I hope you have a fantastic last few days of February and we'll see you back here next week in March. Remember, we're on Tuesdays at 2 Eastern. Fidelity does not provide legal or tax advice. The information herein is general and educational in nature and should not be considered legal or tax advice. Tax laws and regulations are complex and subject to change, which can materially impact investment results. Fidelity cannot guarantee the information herein is accurate, complete, or timely. Fidelity makes no warranty with regard to such information or results obtained by its use and disclaims any liability arising out of your use of or any tax position taken in reliance on such information. Consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific situation. Information presented herein is for discussion and illustrative purposes only and is not a recommendation or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Views expressed are as of the date indicated based on the information available at that time and may change based on market or other conditions. Unless otherwise noted, the opinions provided are those of the Fidelity speaker and not necessarily those of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Fidelity does not assume any duty to update any of the information. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. This podcast is provided for your personal non-commercial use and is the copyrighted work of FMR LLC. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. To the extent any investment information in this material is deemed to be a recommendation, it is not meant to be impartial investment advice or advice in a fiduciary capacity and is not intended to be used as a primary basis for you or your client's investment decisions. Fidelity and its representatives may have a conflict of interest in the products or services mentioned in this material because they have a financial interest in them and receive compensation directly or indirectly in connection with the management, distribution, or servicing of these products or services, including Fidelity funds, certain third-party funds and products, and certain investment services. The information provided here is general in nature. It is not intended, nor should it be construed as legal or tax advice. Because the administration of an HSA is a taxpayer responsibility, customers should be strongly encouraged to consult their tax advisor before opening an HSA. Customers are also encouraged to review information available from the Internal Revenue Service, IRS for taxpayers, which can be found on the IRS website at www.irs.gov. They can find IRS Publication 969, Health Savings Accounts and Other Tax-Favored Health Plans, and IRS Publication 502, Medical and Dental Expenses, including the Health Care Coverage Tax Credit, online. Or you can call the IRS to request a copy of each at 800-829-3676.
Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification and or asset allocation do not ensure profit or protect against loss. Stock markets are volatile and can fluctuate significantly in response to company, industry, political, regulatory, market, or economic developments. Investing in stocks involves risks, including loss of principal. Foreign markets can be more volatile than U.S. markets due to the increased risks of adverse issuer, political, market, or economic developments. Fixed income investments entail interest rate risk. As interest rates rise, bond prices usually fall. The risk of issuer or counterparty default, issuer credit risk, and inflation risk. Foreign securities are subject to interest rate, currency exchange rate, economic, and political risks, all of which are magnified in emerging markets. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Fidelity Wealth Services provides non-discretionary financial planning and discretionary investment management through one or more portfolio advisory services accounts for a fee. Advisory services offered by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisors, LLC, FPWA, a registered investment advisor. Discretionary portfolio management services provided by Strategic Advisors, LLC, Strategic Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Brokerage services provided by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, FSB, and custodial and related services provided by National Financial Services, LLC, NFS. Each a member, NYSE and SIPC. FPWA, FBS, and NFS are Fidelity Investments companies. This information is intended to be educational and is not tailored to the investment needs of any specific investor. Personal and workplace investment products are provided by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917.